Percy, is it possible while under duress, people somehow find strength to accomplish things that they couldn't previously consider? Well, Wayne, one could argue that it is not until one is under duress that they discover their superpowers. And we should consider that, and we will on today's conversation. How true. Well, we'll hear from an educator today who was taught this life's lesson after battling her cancer and be reminded that life is not a dress rehearsal. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Come join us now for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, I'm going to ask you to go right to Scripture today. This is going to set the tone for what's to come. So therefore, our spiritual nugget is found in 2 Timothy, the first chapter, verses 6 through 7, and it says this, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And boy, is that going to really be important for today's conversation. We're going to meet Kim Anderson here in just a few moments on the program as Percy sat down to talk with her. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a comprehensive cancer care network that takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of the team with questions you may have about your treatment options. The number, 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Percy, before we meet today's guest, let's uh, ask our weekly question. Uh, this question really is, uh, is a new one, so we don't have any responses to share yet until we get some from listeners. Absolutely, and it's a great question. What superpowers, what superpowers did you discover during or after your cancer journey? To answer, go to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Com. Click on Connect. The drop-down menu will give you an opportunity to type your response. Health, Hope, and Inspiration.com. Now, previously, we asked this question. What was something you learned during your cancer journey? You've been looking at the responses. And so here's one that we want to read. The answer is this. The number one thing I learned during my cancer journey was the following. If I trust Christ for my salvation... I can trust him in this, whatever this is, and no matter how bad this may be, this. I can trust him in this. <laughs> we get the message. <laughs> thanks for your response, and thanks for responding to this week's question at healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, let's meet this week's guest as Percy sat down previously with her in Chicago. Well, with me here today is Kim Anderson, and she is a former 
treating cancer patient at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Chicago. And today she's here to share with us her journey and her story uh, as she has gone through and now successfully treated for anal cancer. Uh, she's cancer free and uh, she's on the other side of her journey and her experience. It's so good to have you on the show today. Welcome, Kim. Thank you, Percy. Well, with that being said, given in the introduction, um, and again, I don't think that I stated, but you actually initially were diagnosed in 2009. Is that correct? That's correct. And then you finished your treatment in 2010. Yes, so nine years ago. <laughs> yeah, so, so because, you know, the thing that I certainly would like to highlight here is that uh, though we are having more and more people who are being diagnosed with cancer, the death rate of cancer is definitely decreasing and has decreased. And we're having more people survive cancer than any time before. So, and you're one of those, and I'm excited mm -hmm. to share that. And thank you for uh, being willing to share your story today. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit first and foremost. And I typically ask this question uh, about the day mm -hmm. that you were first told that you have cancer. Where were you and how did you feel when you were told that you had cancer for the first time? Uh, I was told over the phone, okay. so I was at home alone. Mm. Um, and of course my first call after hanging up was to my husband, Okay, you know, as I was trying to sort out, sure. <laughs> uh, it was actually my second cancer diagnosis. Ah, so you're a two-time cancer yes. patient. Yes. And so it was six years from the first one. So I thought, oh man, I'm home free after five years. So it, it was pretty upsetting yeah. um but other than calling my husband and him turning around and coming home um i just remember feeling like this is not going to be my final chapter okay um that was a first thought second thought was gonna fight no matter <laughs> what whatever that entails um and then my i guess the third thing is i just immediately started praying for peace. And when I would describe that to people, they would say, well, why weren't you praying for healing? Mm. And I said, mm. I don't know how to describe or why, but to me, peace is what I really needed. And it did feel like maybe not that first day, but within a week or so of letting it sink in, it felt like God just wrapped his arms around me yeah. and I had this feeling of kind of being numb. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I think that was the peace part. Okay. It was like, you can do this because you're at peace with what's happening. Yeah. 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 And what's interesting about that, and I've, you know, I've supported cancer patients for a long, long time. Yes. And I myself am now a cancer patient. Mm -hmm. I want to piggyback on just what your initial uh, supplication, as we would say in church circles, mm -hmm. uh, uh, in your prayer of what you asked God for and why, and, and the question that was asked you, why not pray for healing versus pray for peace? I think it's a profound school of thought on many different levels. Um, and I would agree with you that obviously uh, everyone wants to be healed and desire healing. There's no question about that. I don't think anyone would say, Oh no, I didn't want to be healed, <laughs> you know, but, um, and particularly given the fact that that was your second time being told that what, where you immediately went was Lord, I need your peace right now. Um, 
I, I love it. I love the fact that that's where your mind went and that's what you were thinking because that's what you really truly needed and um, and started through your process and started down the road of care and treatment. Having said all of that, uh, you mentioned your husband who, mm-hmm. God bless him, he sounds like a wonderful guy. He turned around and came right back home. Uh, that, that just painted such a graphic picture for me. Uh, I was, it, is it safe to say then you had a really good support system that, that helped you and supported you through your process? Absolutely. Um, I know that sometimes a sickness, cancer or whatever can be a defining moment in relationships. Yeah, um, it can. I saw that in my own family years ago yeah. when my younger brother was diagnosed with cancer. But for me, I felt like it, it drew my husband and I closer. Um, we were empty nesters, so it kind of felt like you and me against the world. Right, here. right, right. Let's team yeah. up and do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not that I didn't have other family and friends, because sure. yeah, the people were awesome. One of the things that was so awesome was I um, created one of those little blogs where mm-hmm. you can share with multiple people yeah, yeah. versus all these emails or phone calls where you have to repeat over and over every little thing, yeah. uh, which is, is kind of frustrating mm-hmm. and annoying. Mm-hmm. So through the blog, while I was here for treatment, I would every day, you know, post, Hey, this is radiation number so-and-so, and this is what's happening. And, um, that way everybody could be informed. And through that, um, People were asking, you know, what do you need? What does Steve need? Because I chose to come up here and do or come do treatment by myself. Okay. Um, and he chose to continue working, even okay. though he could uh, utilize family leave. Sure. Um, and that was your prerogative to do so. That was Absolutely. our choice. Absolutely. Uh, as to how we wanted to handle it. And various friends and family members would come and stay with me for a couple of days. I was teaching online. So. When I didn't have someone here, I just worked all day and things like that. But um, so many people kept asking. And finally, I said to my husband, I guess the thing that's kind of heavy on my heart is a financial concern with um, paying to stay, uh, you know, since I'm five hours from home. And so with that, uh, I just put on the little blog. If anybody wants to help out, that's that's what's heavy on our hearts is, you know. And I think at the time the cost was $44 a night. Okay. So gotcha. So I uh so I said, you know, here's the need or yep. here's and um my husband called me just a few days after I posted that. Mm-hmm. And he was in tears. And he had just been to the mailbox and he said, "Kim, there are cards and letters and checks for $44 from numerous people. He wow. said one person even said, I want to cover 10 nights. Here's a check for $440. Wow. Wow. And we were just like, oh, my goodness. So it was just proof to me that if you do open up and let others mm-hmm. know what your need is, yeah. it'll be met. It's interesting, and and in many of these types of conversations and experiences, uh, I call the dynamic of what can happen with many people with a cancer diagnosis of of communication or lack thereof, I call it the wall of silence, that either 
the, the patient and caregiver puts up a wall of silence for various different reasons and vice versa. And in this particular case, neither of those happen. You didn't pull up a wall of silence and neither did your family or friends put up a wall of silence. And it was amazing the, the, the interplay of what took place there. And thank God that, that you did. And, you know, it's interesting that in many cases for people, if they're just given an opportunity and told, you know, directly, you know, what can they do? We, we probably would be really shocked and amazed at how many people would actually react and, 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 and do some things. So uh, that had to be an amazing moment. And, and I'm sure there were other moments along the way, but that had to be really amazing. It was amazing because I think prior to that, I was a person that was more the giver. Yeah. You know, when yeah. I saw somebody at church, uh, you know, I participated in a meal ministry, sure. you know, and I got a lot of satisfaction after ske- over scheduling meals, taking people meals. So to be on the receiving end of that was amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Well, and, and thank God. Thank God for all of those wonderful people. And we thank God for their for their heart. But again, I would have to imagine uh, you're probably and just just a short time that I've gotten to kind of engage with you mm-hmm. uh, and, and how you've described your husband. I, I bet you guys are pretty amazing people in terms of what you do for others as well, because I'm, I'm truly of the school of thought that, that the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver, not a cheerful getter. And, 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 and our getting is proportional to how we give. And so with that, I would imagine, you know, as an educator and a teacher, uh, you know, you guys have probably done your fair share of of giving and supporting and loving on people, and uh, and God is faithful in that regard, and He poured that love right back on you. So that's that was that's fantastic. That's a good story. Uh, you you did mention that you are doing uh, radiation. So again, radiation, chemo, any other in terms of your treatment protocol? I had it all. I okay. had surgery. Okay, chemo, so you did everything. Radiation, okay, yes. and so uh, yeah, the trifecta there. Yes. Yeah, kind of went through the whole process. Um, how did your uh, faith and your spirituality, uh, you're in a clinical setting, you're in a clinical environment, and that's really what this show is about. We're not here so much to talk about spirituality in a vacuum. We want to deliberately talk about spirituality and faith within, within the context of medical care and treatment. There are still so many who struggle with the uh, appropriate balance one way or the other of medicine and science and faith and spirituality. And, you know, there are still some who say, well, you don't, you don't need one of these. And then there's others who say, well, you don't need the other. And the fact of the matter is, you know, my, I believe my mission and my call is that is to help people to understand that there's a marriage and an amalgamation and a balance of the two working together. Let's talk about how in your clinical environment, because you're doing clinical care, you're doing treatment, you know, the trifecta, but you're also a woman of faith and you're allowing your faith to be very much part of that journey. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how your faith and your spirituality buoyed you and enabled you to work through, I would imagine, some rigors of treatment and care. I think prior to that time, you know, We'd went to church and raised our boys, you know, to have faith. But prior to that, I don't think like a daily devotion was part of my routine. Okay. So that became part of my routine that I still follow now. Um, And you're a big part of that journey for me because uh, while during treatment, uh, I took advantage of 
the weekly worship service held at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, you were uh, the one giving that weekly sermon. Um, I remember, I'm trying to think of her name, the little gal that would come lead the singing. Oh, it was it would either be Folly. Yeah, yeah, Folly Cooler. And I used to always go find her every time I was back, and now I think she's re- fully retired. She but is. I used to always go find her to give her a hug. Um, so yeah, and and some of those messages that you gave during that time really spoke to what I was going through at the time. So and so we're, we're gonna forget about the person that was delivering the message for a second. <laughs> Uh, and and some of my greatest joys truly were being able to provide uh, worship services and services of, of spiritual hope and inspiration inside of a, a clinical environment. Uh, I just have great fond memories of doing that. How important would you say from your perspective as a patient again, uh, notwithstanding the person that delivered the message mm-hmm. uh, is that type of was that type of exercise in a clinical environment because in many cases as you may recall there'll be patients there with their IV poles sometimes they're you know just coming right out of their bed uh, we also would and I believe the practice is still true where we would uh, record those and put them on the um, the in-house TV system so for patients while they're in their beds if they couldn't come to the actual chapel they could still receive that how, how important do you think that is to be able to have an element of that inside of a clinical environment during a clinical experience of, of, of people. Uh, Cause we're not a church, right? We're not even a faith organization per se. People think that we are, but we aren't. Uh, we just value faith here and we know that faith is important. Uh, you know, we're a medical facility and that, and our primary focus is medical care with the emphasis of understanding that spirituality is important to some individuals, not necessarily to everybody, and that we make that an offering to people who value that. How important is that or was that, do you think, for you or in general to others? I think it's just as important as the chemo Hmm. and the nutrition and (laughs) everything. It's just a part of that treating the whole person. Just because you have cancer doesn't mean you don't have other things going on. And and cancer brings... um, all kinds of emotions and mm-hmm. and other things that you know you kind of need to work through yeah. and so like you said whether you are a person of faith or not you have that option yeah and i can't imagine doing it without yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean I, I guess i was really um blown away by the fact that that was uh, a part of the offering mm. because you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't think that's probably embraced everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, w- certainly with regard to understanding um, and attempting to understand that and, and continually having the discussion of the balance, the appropriate balance. And I want to be clear for everyone that's listening or anyone that is listening. Uh, we're not talking about substituting medical care for spiritual practices or spiritual exercises. We're talking about inclusion uh, and an amalgamation of those working and enhancing the experience of the mental, uh, emotional, and potentially physical dynamics of people who are dealing with cancer. 
to sit and look at you today. You look fantastic. And you're, uh, and I guess I'd like to get a report, have you give a report. How is life for you today? And what, and what, and what is God doing with you today? Now that you've kind of gone through that journey, <laughs> you've, you've experienced, you know, that, that exercise. Where are we now today? What's going on with, with you right now? Well, you know, some things have changed <laughs> since cancer. Um, yeah, I call it a new normal. A new normal. Uh, you know, still dealing, I think, with some side effects this far out, which is to be expected. Okay. Um, overall, though, you know, good health, hence yeah. why, why I've really kind of been dismissed from even um, the, I guess you'd call it the um, surveillance you know, mm-hmm. that, that they were doing, um, annually, yep. um, assessments, protocol. I think I'm going to steal something from one of my students, <laughs> um, in our class discussions in the class I teach. Um, we talk, a, I teach a class about a lot of basic skills of becoming an online college student and, a lot of poignant things get get said in mm. our discussions and one student shared this and she said that she heard it from a relative of hers that life is not a dress rehearsal mm. this is the show mm. <laughs> and wow that kind of pushed me because um i live on a farm uh, a family farm that's been in uh, our family since the late 1800s mm-hmm. which comes with a lot of um, responsibility and almost a little bit of pressure, okay. you know, okay. to carry on. And um, a lot of things have changed in, in farming through the years. Sure. And uh, in evaluating, you know, having cancer twice and what I might want to do differently, of course, the first thing you look at is, do you have any bad habits? And yeah. <laughs> should, you, should you change those? <laughs> um, and one of the things that are immediately struck me, because I'm a researcher, um, I think every educator is, yeah. uh, was that there's a lot of chemicals, you know, all around us. Yes. And so how could I start eliminating those? Mm-hmm. And that kind of led to really studying about organic farming, ah. uh, which some people think it's going back to the old days right. with horses, right. but um, right. no, no, it really isn't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, there are, we, we do have a little bit more modern equipment than, than horses, yeah. but yeah. Um, it, it really led me down this path of wanting to do better for the land in, and then in turn do better for my health, sure. my husband's health, our neighbor's health. Yeah. And uh, so that student saying that that day and my husband giving me an ultimatum. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, kind of pushed me over the edge and um, made me take on risks and do things that I don't think I would have done. Interesting. Before. Interesting. And so the biggest thing I've done is in um, 2017... We started prep in 16, but in 2017, we planted five and a half acres of organic blueberries. Wow. And um, that's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a lot of, <laughs> that's a lot of land. Yeah, it is. Well, we, ha- we have other farm ground that is all trans- transitioned to organic, okay. and we grow or- organic crops. But that, you know, is more of something you can use a tractor and an implement to do. Right. This blueberry thing is very much... Um, 
getting out there with the shovel, hand weeding, uh, a lot Late, more physical. Labor intensive. Late, very labor intense. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, and I think, so I think cancer's taught me that I can't live in fear of failing of something because I've already conquered so much. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. My friend Kimley calls it the warrior spirit. It's true. No. <laughs> and let me tell you, Kimley is right. Of course, uh, I did not share this. You know, the way that you and I reengaged with each other was on the heels of the fact that I was at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in the cafeteria eating a lunch. Uh, um, and I think it was the, the day of or the day after I was discharged from my surgery. And we had not seen each other in I don't know how many years. Um, Probably since my five-year celebration. Yeah, so it's been quite a while. And so you 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 came up to me and said, "Hey, remember me? You were really you were really helpful with me during my time of treatment and care." And uh, and of course, I'm I'm actually in a moment of, and I and I want to just tie right back into this point of, okay, I just got discharged. I had co I've been diagnosed with early stage colon cancer. I've had a third of my colon removed. It's my first day discharge. I'm eating in the cafeteria. I'm eating certain kinds of foods that I have to be limited to. And I was just thinking in my mind and in my heart, and I have made this statement since then, man, I've just beaten cancer. I've just gotten to a point where I went through this process, and you really do feel like you could almost do anything. It's really a very, it's hard to describe uh, and I will use the warrior spirit uh, language with regard to that, that you feel like you can take on anything. Because, again, hearing someone have cancer is one thing, but being told that you have cancer and then working through a process is a horse of another color. And so I would agree with that. And and that's been what I've shared with people since then, that you feel like you you feel like you can do almost anything. And then this is where the bigger point, the aha moment, as Oprah Winfrey would often say, is yes. what are the new challenges and doors that, that probably have been sitting there in front of you that either you had to kick open or they opened themselves that you now have taken on to say, here's the next thing I'm going to do. And just because it's there and I can do it and I'm moving forward in that direction, that's what I'm hearing you say. Yes. It's that empowerment. It is that aha moment. It is deciding that this isn't your dress rehearsal. This is it, folks. You know, do it now. And I, and I said to my husband, not getting any younger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, blueberries are a perennial shrub that'll grow for 50 years or more. Wow. So they're going to outlive me. Amazing. Um, it's It's been a really cool cool thing and so this past summer we opened for the first time um, and it's primarily a u-pick operation okay and nothing within two hours surrounding us Uh, so it was really fun to see people of all ages and all walks of life come out to the field which is one of my goals in doing it is to get people back to the farm yes and to get people to you know everybody's concerned about local and let's know where our food comes from and how's it grown whether they're organic fans or not but it was it's a teachable moment for me absolutely and the coolest thing you know Facebook is crazy, and the, the way that uh, you people use social media, oh which gosh. I'm still learning. Believe yeah. me, I don't claim to understand it. But the coolest thing was the comments that pe- 
people would make on there afterwards yeah. about what a fun place, well taken care of, oh, you know, friendly staff, yeah. helpful people working there. And I was just like, oh, that's the reward. Yeah. That's the reward on top of eating these delicious right. blueberries. Well, the new normal it's, it's the new normal in your life, but it may not have ever really occurred. And I think that one of the takeaways, and I've had many of these with cancer patients, is what has happened to their life after cancer that they are now doing, thinking, or being in ways that they didn't think or do prior and, and, and moving in that direction. Last, very quickly, my dear, um, what gives you hope? What energizes your hope? Well, I told you before we came on the air that I had written down three things and made myself a note to pick one. Sure. So I'm going to pick to follow your passion mm. because you will be rewarded. Wow. <laughs> That's a good word. I yeah. love it. I feel like I've had a lot of things through the years that I'm interested in. But to really recognize what is your passion and to act on it, it comes, I mean, I'm, see, I'm sure I'm going to see rewards for what I'm doing yes. in this for a long time to come. But so far, it's been way more than I expected and so fulfilling. So, Thank you for stopping me in the cafeteria on that day <laughs> and reminding yeah. me to your point of the work that I had done previously uh, in, in an hour of deep reflection. I truly appreciate having you on the show today. You have heard from Kim Anderson, who now has no evidence of disease, two-time cancer survivor, uh, finished her treatment with uh, anal cancer back in 2010, and she now has basically started an organic farm and blueberries, and Lord knows what else will come <laughs> after that. May you continue to reap the harvest, the fruit of the harvest. The Bible says that we will be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters and that our leaves will never wither and there will always be fruit that will remain thereon. You're living that today. I thank you for your story. God bless you, dear. Thank you. Uh, Percy, thank you. We'll talk again in just a moment, but my mouth is watering for some of those blueberries right now. So, Hey, uh, the American Cancer Society says that nearly one out of three people in the U.S. will receive a cancer diagnosis during their lifetime, and this is a need in every church today, caring for people living with cancer. To address the issue, there's the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network now to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this need. If you are a pastor, a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining is free. You'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources, information about ministry training opportunities, and our informative monthly email newsletter. So check this out online at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. You can't tell me you're not thinking about those blueberries right now, too. Oh, absolutely. It All created the nutrients. Very, yeah. Oh, oh. It created such a visceral uh, image in my head. So, yeah, absolutely. I can taste them even as we speak now. Well, Kim is quite a person. She is. I, I, I loved speaking with her. Um, and she and I, as we uh, talked in the interview, we met in the cafeteria 
uh, shortly after my discharge from my surgery there at CTCA and reengaged. And so uh, she said that she would be very interested in sharing her story. And as it turns out, what a story it is, lives uh, on a family farm. Uh, you know, she's an educator. She started an organic blueberry uh, field and now sells her blueberries and mm -hmm. people come from miles around. Uh, she just has an amazing story of how God was with her even in the midst of all that she had gone through and how people supported her and showed her love uh, with their resources and with their care. Didn't you find it interesting that she prayed for peace, not necessarily healing, but peace? You know, it's a profound principle that we should stop to think about because ultimately, at the end of the day, we need the peace of God that will allow us to walk through a path and a journey toward healing and health and wellness. And so uh, it could very well be that she has her priorities in order here at the end of this discussion that while in pursuit of health and wellness, I need the peace of God to sustain me through that process. So I loved her heart and I love the sincerity of her prayer. And I believe God answered that prayer for her. Yeah, God wrapped his arms around her. That was evidence of peace in her life. She, she mm -hmm. felt God's presence. She did. Well, she mentioned the worship service. Um, tell me what happens there at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Yes, yeah, a great question. At all of our regional hospitals uh, located throughout the United States, uh, we have worship services, ecumenical worship services that we allow and provide patients who are ambulatory to come to the chapels and to have somewhat of a worship service experience. They're singing, reading of scripture, and then uh, a short message that is provided, a message of encouragement and a message of hope that patients truly value. Uh, we have them on uh, closed circuit television that for patients that are in their rooms, uh, in their bed, that they can turn on their TV and pick that up, that channel up from the chapel. And uh, for so many patients, they talk about how it is a shot in the arm yeah. and a lift for them in the midst of the clinical environment to be able to break away from that and kind of get into a spiritual space and experience God's presence and his love. So it's there for those who desire it. Absolutely. It's strictly on a volunteer basis. Uh, so people can come to the chapel if they choose to. And if not, uh, they do not have to do that either. And so uh, we have several types of kind of group gatherings throughout the week for different groups, prayer group, uh, and et cetera. So uh, offerings that allows people to kind of have a community spiritual interaction and engagement with others uh, that they feel that they are a part of a, a faith community. Hey, I want to mention a resource that we have available to our listeners this week. It's free on our website. It's entitled God is on Your Side, and we've heard evidence of that today from, from our guest, Kim. God is on Your Side, a free resource which you can download right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And, of course, that's also where you go to answer our question this week. What superpowers did you discover during or after your cancer journey? We'd appreciate your response. healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Connect. The drop-down menu will give you a chance to type your response, and we look forward to reading those. Well, Percy, let's return to the scripture that uh, really framed our program today. Well, and the scripture was really pulled away from one of the statements that Kim made in the conversation uh, by a friend of hers that said, basically, being a cancer patient and having cancer uh, created this warrior spirit, that your warrior spirit came out. And so with that, she talked about how she really feels like that she can do anything after uh, going through a bout of cancer. And so I want to remind everyone what the Bible tells us uh, with regard to that school of thought. Second Timothy 
uh, the first chapter, verses six and seven says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. God has gifted and departed things in us, powers, abilities, and et cetera, that come to us via his Holy Spirit. He says, I want to remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power the ability to do, the ability to execute, the pop, but of power and of love and a sound uh, mind. Kim told us that she went out and planted a five-acre blueberry field <laughs> and started a market, and she just became fearless, and yep. she became a warrior. Uh, superpower. Her, her superpower <laughs> rose to the top as a result of her cancer journey and her cancer experience. And so today, be reminded that you too have a superpower within you that comes from your father above that enables you and us to do things that others thought even yourself may not be doable. So be encouraged today that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And with that, we're going to wrap up this week's edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration online at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Our host, Reverend Percy McRae. Pastor P, thank you. We'll see you next time. Hey, remember, you've got superpowers in you. We've got work to do, so go chop some wood. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.